Amitabh Behar, Chief Executive Officer, Oxfam India, is joining me. Hi, good morning. I hope your family and yourself are safe and healthy during this pandemic, Amitabh. Yes, we are good. And it's been good to hear the birds chirping again, at least till August. It was lovely, but it was also a tough time in terms of the work we do. Correct. Which is what I want to come to even before we get into the trail walker. A sense of the work, the extensive work that Oxfam India has been doing in various spheres. Take us through that, please. So Oxfam India is part of the global confederation of Oxfams. And we have been working in India since the 1950s. For the last 10 years, we are an independent Indian organization. And we have been working extensively on, I would say, broadly two buckets. One is the humanitarian piece. So even in the last couple of years, the Kerala floods, the arm fund, the COVID crisis, providing food to lots and lots of people. And hopefully I can talk about it a little later. So that's one piece of, of providing direct relief during major natural disasters, major catastrophes that we encounter. The second is the developmental work, which is primarily around ensuring access to health, ensuring education, ensuring gender justice. And we're doing all of this within a framework of trying to end discrimination in India. So, so that's really what motivates us. And we're working with, with that framework. Now, this is an annual feature, which is the Trail Walker India, and it's basically India's biggest walkathon. But this year holds a special significance also because of the extraordinary times that we live in. The format has been changed. So lead us through Oxfam Trail Walker. So, yes, it, it, you know, the Trail Walker is quite an amazing idea started by the Gorkha Regiment in Hong Kong in 1986. And they said, if you can do 100 kilometers in 48 hours, then then you're, it's not just your body which is fit, your mind and then your soul is also strong to endure such challenges. And we've done that over the last nine years in India, in Mumbai and in Bangalore. But this year, as you said, the, the conditions were such that obviously not do a trail walker, a physical trail walker, where hundreds and thousands of people have walked with us. So this year we have converted into a physical trail walker. The idea is that you have to walk 50 kilometers or 100 kilometers in 10 days. You can walk on any surface, run on your treadmill, run in the park next to you, just walk around your colony, but do those 50 or 100 kilometers. Once you register, we give you an app and it's a, quite an interactive uh, piece that we have. So we are constantly looking at the number of kilometers you have locked in, but also trying to talk to you about the work we do and what's happening in this country. And we are really urging people to take this walk as walk uh, for solidarity, particularly with the migrant workers, with the COVID crisis that we have seen. Now, the next phase, the next edition begins on the 20th. So that's very close by and registrations are still open. How can they register? And also the amount that they pay for registration actually goes to charity. Explain that, please. Yeah. So at this moment, the registration fees is just thousand rupees and you could still register till the 20th. And I would very strongly encourage you. It's certainly a physical challenge, but you're walking for a cause and the money that is generated as in the idea is that the registration fees is thousand rupees but we would be delighted if you're able to speak to your peers friends family to raise more resources and those resources then go into the charitable work we do as i said it uh, varies from at this moment we are focusing on covid and essentially it's about you know we're doing it in three phases one is to provide immediate relief then is to help them come out of the depression that they are in 
and then the phase of rehabilitation. So in many places, the work of rehabilitation has actually started. So the support that comes in will go into causes like these. And, and it will be, you know, strengthening our struggle to end discrimination in this country. Okay, you can register at virtualtrailwalker.oxfamindia.org. I'll repeat that, www.virtualtrailwalker.oxfamindia.org. And also you can make contributions easily on the Oxfam webpage. Now, I just want to get a sense of how many people Oxfam <coughs> India has reached out to since the lockdown began. And it's not just food we're talking about, right? I mean, you're looking at other aspects of safety, PPE kits, even cash, and the number of states you're working in, please. Sure. So, so we're working in almost 18 or 19 states. We have been able to provide food, both hot cooked meals and dry ration to almost 4 lakh plus people for more than a month. So, you know, that, that was very significant. It was a mammoth exercise. This also included what was deeply satisfying, but deeply disturbing. But the Pathik project we did, which was actually have our food vans on the highways when the migrants were walking back from the big cities to their, their source villages. So one is the food. The second is we've been able to provide 5,000 plus PPE kits to the frontline health workers. And we intentionally decided not go to the metros, but look at other health workers as in you just go out of, of now it's much better. But in the early days, even in cities like Patna, Bhopal, you did not have enough PPE kits. So, so that was the second thing that we did. In As part of the recovery phase, we have done direct cash transfers now to 5,000 plus families. So it is essentially about providing a small financial assistance. And the resilience of people is so tremendous that with that small support, they are able to reestablish their livelihood. And then it also helps in rekindling the, the, the local market. But on top of this, what I would say, you know, let me talk of two more important things. One, we've reached almost 50 lakh people. And that's really a large number in helping them understand what COVID is, what precautions they need to take, how do they prepare themselves for quarantine. And we've done this work with, say, the State Disaster Management Authority in Uttar Pradesh, with government authorities going to village to village, helping them understand what COVID is and how can communities deal with it. And finally, I think which often goes unnoticed is that COVID crisis is what we've talked of, a direct impact. But there's a lot of indirect impact happening. You know, for instance, one that we've been working on is that there's clear data which shows that domestic violence against women has actually increased post-COVID. So highlighting that, again, trying to work with the government authorities in terms of how do you provide relief to survivors of domestic violence is another piece that we are working on. So it is, it's a massive task and the support that we get from friends like you and even this financial assistance means a lot. Amitabh, in that aspect, you know, you look at the West and you, you have a public health policy, which is quite robust, whether it's the NHS in the United Kingdom or otherwise. And your hashtag rights over profits campaign is something that you're really invested in emotionally in every which way, because it talks about strengthening the, the public health care system in India. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's one of our primary, I would say, understanding and learning from this, this crisis that if you do not have a robust public health system, particularly in a country like India, where you have such high levels of poverty, we'll never be able to meet the needs of, of the poor and the marginalized. So it's very clear that the governments in India, both the union government and central state governments, need to invest very seriously 
on the public health system. And the public health system, as we know, is crumbling. As in a, a big salute to the doctors, the entire medical fraternity, nurses, everybody who's really stepped up their game. But as a system, the public health system in this country has remained weak. As in, if you even look at the financial investments, we're just around 1.5% of the GDP, actually lower than that. And we are amongst the really the bottom countries globally in terms of investments in public health. If you look at advanced countries like say Japan and Germany, they do almost 10% of GDP on health. And then this is, you know, also in a spiral effect. One disease, as you would know, actually can take the entire family back to poverty. So that's big learning for us that we will need a strong public health system, greater investments in that. And that's going to be hopefully one of the big policy takes from, from this crisis. On a lighter note, I believe you yourself did the walkathon last year. What did you do? You did the full, full 100 kilometers? Oh, yeah, 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 kilometers? I did, Fantastic. I did the full 100 kilometers and it was absolutely amazing. The walks are beautiful and and uh, but let me also say that you know for the last 20 years i've been walking almost seven eight kilometers every day as my morning walk so i did take it a little more lightly than i should have and by day two i was very tired and as i've been you know i tell my friends that the body was broken but the soul was not the soul uh, was so the last 10 kilometers was very very tough. But, but I did reach eventually the 100 kilometers mark. Wonderful. That's really walking the talk there. Amitabh, you've been a global civil society leader for a while. You know, you've, you've been on the boards of various global alliances, civil society organizations. <coughs> what motivates you? An entire career being a civil society leader. I mean, it's got to be more than the fame and the money and things like that. I mean, what truly motivates you? Absolutely. This, you know, I grew up with, you know, the whole idea that human dignity and justice is non-negotiable. And that's really what drives me. That when you see injustice anywhere, it's something that, you know, I can't live with it. So, and I truly believe that everybody can contribute to ending discrimination, to ending injustice, ensuring dignity for all. And we need to do it in our own ways. So this is my way of doing it. Somebody might do it as a civil servant. Somebody might do it as a politician. Somebody might do it as an artist. But the driving force is how do we build a society which is just humane? And let me also now add the more we see, at least in Delhi, the kind of pollution. So how can it be a sustainable world? So that really drives me. Whatever I do, as in pretty much when, when I'm sleeping at the end of the night, I really look back at the day and say that whatever I did, will it contribute to a more just society? And that motivates me for the days to come. Amitabh Bihar, big ups to yourself as well as Oxfam India. Best luck for all the great work that you do uh, in civil society and have a good one this year at the Trailwalker. Cheers. Thank you so much and I hope many of you join and Rishikesh, you should also try this. Cheers. All right. Thank you.